You're listening to WrestlingTradingCards.com. Hey, Jeff. How's it going, man? Hey, how's it going? Actually, well, for people who don't know, who the hell are you? Well, I, I was an editor for Tops for many years, over 13 years. And in between that, I wore different hats. It, it wasn't just editing. Sometimes I did marketing, um, licensing. Um, I also, you know, um, made toys for kids, which we would call um, 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 products that were, um, that were not between the cards or um, candy. It was just like... Uh, um, just a product that you would do just for fun that you know but um but one of my main things we're doing licensing um besides doing our own characters the licensing um was like wcw wwe um 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 star did you, wars did, did you have any licensing stuff with like uh did, were you doing gpk back then and garbage pill kids i mean like oh uh, yeah yeah um, the beginning of wcw we weren't doing Garbage Pail Kids, but we were planning it. We were already planning it. We already were thinking of doing our own thing. And wrestling probably also had to deal with it. Wrestling and Pokemon. Because each of them had to deal with individual characters with individual powers that certain people could relate to, you know. And also in wrestling, it's almost like, you know, you could relate to Rey Mysterio if you were born in that you know, section, you know, whatever. Sure. And um, you could, you know, be um, a Ric Flair fan if you're from the South, you know, that sort of thing. But um, um, it was, um, it was mostly based on trying to give what the people want, you know, and, and be honest with it. Like, you know, let's show them what WCW is really about, you know, and we did the NWO, which, um, it, you know, the interesting part is wrestling started with the sports department. And, you know, you always heard the thing about wrestling. Is it sports? Is it, you know. Within Tops, it's kind of flipped back and forth between the departments, entertainment, sports. Right. So we, we, we didn't know either. Like, should it be sports? Should it be entertainment? So uh, if you look at the first early sets of WCW, I think there was two in the 90s. Uh, three uh, sets in the 90s. Right. Remember the very first one that looked kind of cartoony or something? Uh, no, I mean, the first one is the uh, 98 called uh, WCW slash NWO Series 1. Right, right, right. And um, so that that was designed mostly in a sports um, type of um, aesthetic of like, let's treat it like a sports brand, you know, that sort of thing. And um, And then later we started treating it um, and then I started coming in, and I started helping out with the sets. Here's our first set right here. So this was like the card number one. Right. There you go. Right, right. And that was a sports, that was a sports um, thing. And what it is, um, uh, what I'm surprised is, is that they were able to get as much as they could because it wasn't like WWE. It was, um, they said, okay, you want this autograph, um, come over to this event, come to the back, you know, dressing room, 
and ask the guy if he wants to do it. That's how it was done for WCW. Completely different than what you would do for WWE. So with, that, with those autograph cards, because that's a, that's a good topic that I want to touch on because uh, there's a lot of uh, misinformation out there and some theories about those cards. Those right. were all printed. Those, those were all on card. No stickers back then. Well, so what they did. Well, here's the thing. We printed them before we knew if we could get them. You know what I mean? So what? What so, did you print for that first series? What? How many autographs did you print? Because there's X amount that came out in that set, and then right. there's known cards that never made it into the set that were supposed right. to be in that set. I, I only I only could give you a little bit of an answer to that because. Um, I don't know how many cars were built, but I do know um, we should mention Jerry McCarrick, who was one of the brand managing editors at the time. Um, he helped sports get these autographs. And it, if it wasn't for um, the mouth of the South, um, WCW um, autographs probably would never be made. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, there, it's long been talked about that uh, uh, Jimmy Hart was the one that was kind of the liaison between Tops. And oh, somebody. totally, 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 totally. Because he's the one that and made available, or his son uh, years ago made available a Ric Flair autograph that never got put in packs. And well, that, only I, one I, ever I, been I on could eBay. Explain, I, I could explain that, right? So, so this is the myth and the, the the story when I was you know there, and Jerry McCarrick could probably fill in the blanks, you know. So what it was, so you go to these back rooms and it, we would send Jerry to these back rooms and it really wasn't his job to do that, but it was because of his relationships with, with some of the managers. It wasn't just the mouth, it was some other guys, you know? Sure. And um, so what he would do is go back into the dressing room and wait for the guy to be calm and to be able to, be able to talk, you know? And say, hey, do you want to, you know, do some credit card, you know, some sketch cards, some from Tops, explain this whole thing. And, they, you know, and some of them would always have some sort of, well, I would like a steak sandwich. I would like three, I would like four, um, five cards for myself, you know. I would like 10 cards for myself. I like 20, you know, whatever it is. And Jerry would try, depending um, how much we needed them, to... Um, you know, to fulfill their, you know, their, their, um, the request, <laughs> their request at the time. And, um, and some of them were hard, some of them were hard to, you know, to promise like, well, I don't know, but like, there's, um, one story, which I love, which is the, cause I love the wrestler is Ric Flair, you know? So, um, and I remember having a Ric Flair autograph was really hard, you know? At that maybe, time, uh, well, at that time, almost none of those guys right. had authenticated autograph cards in the market. It was right. brand new to that thing. They, with the right. exception of Undertaker and Savage, both did autograph cards for a 94 action pack card series. And I must say, I heard Undertaker being a very polite and like, you know, you know, he, he drew within the lines of with Topps' request. He was like... He understood, you know, it's like, you don't give this out to people. You don't do that, you know. That he, had, he hadn't signed until the last several years. He had never signed for Tops. Uh, well, maybe it was that personal connection with Jerry, because Jerry was very personable, and he liked wrestling, and he respected these guys. You know what I mean? 
So um, I think he was welcomed into the locker room. And I would talk to him about these stories all the time, but one was the Ric Flair, the Ric Flair story, where he was trying to get Ric Flair to sign and commit right there and then. And he says, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. This is how I heard it, you know? Maybe I will, maybe I won't, you know, da 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 Why don't you leave some with me? Le leave them with me and I'll sign them and I'll send them to you, you know? <laughs> and as the story goes, we never got them back. We never got them. We don't know what happened. You know, we would call them, I don't know, da 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 da, da. But then we would see them in the market. Sign, you know? We've only seen one. We've seen one over the years. Right. All the series collectors can only confirm one ever got out on the market. Oh, okay. That's, sold, that's I believe it sold. I thought, I, I thought there was more than that. Oh, there, there could be, but uh, it was it was sold on eBay on Jimmy Hart's son's account. Mm. And it sold for about two grand. Mm, wow. And it's the only one that anybody who's collected these cards over the years, over 20 years now, um, can tell you they've only seen one ever hit the market. Well, like what I heard that um, he didn't really want to do it, you know, like almost like, you know, unless he had more of an incentive. But he, like, he did give a promise of like, oh, give me these and I'll sign them, I'll give them back to you, you know, that sort of thing. And I remember Jerry always telling the story in the office how he never got those Ric Flair cards back, you know. And he wasn't the first, he wasn't. Um, some of them had um, family troubles or passed away while they had it, you know what I mean? Well, we have and some that are out there <clears throat> that uh, in the first series, I think they both had 36 or 37 autographs in series one and series two. Series two was the Nitro set came out in 99. Okay. That had 37 autographs. There are five talents that never made it into the product that got in the secondary market. Uh, British Bulldog, uh, Bobby Duncombe Jr., uh, Booker T., Rey Mysterio, and Ric Flair. All came that's, weird. that's weird that Booker T. wouldn't have signed. I find that weird. Yeah, he didn't, didn't sign, so yeah, but his made it on the secondary market because somebody got a hold of his cards. Um, but they, these guys might have signed when they were on to WWE later on because they might have been forced to. Well, they were, they were, WWE, a lot of these guys have all, well, Bobby Duncombe Jr. didn't sign because he passed, I mean, he signed, but his cards never made it back because he passed away. Right. Uh, Rey Mysterio. Yeah, those are what, yeah, I remember. Some Rey Mysterio Jr. cards became available to the public because he had, he had a whole brick of his unsigned cards with him and I got, I had him sign some of them. But you see how it happens? But, 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 but that's a you're, great you're, question you're, I want to ask you, though. That's a great you're question. You're the first witness of how it happens. But at the time, I think Tops were just happy of whoever sent theirs back. You know what so I that, mean? That leads to the question of how many cards did Tops print for each guy? I know there's been a few females that didn't do it. And then later on, you know, they were around somewhere. I know, I, I don't know who it was. Um, but I remember the exact cards, what they were. And I was almost, at then I just started and I was an assistant and I was getting to know how the system was working and who was doing what, that sort of thing. And, um, and but I would hear these horrors, not horror stories per se, but just saying how precarious the, um, um, the procedure is. It's just like, you give it to them, you don't know, you know, before you do the wraps, you're not sure if you're going to get, you know. Yeah. So you, you know what I mean? It's hard to do wraps with odds. 
Well, you don't know if the guy signed them yet or anything. You so know, you guys so. are doing like you're you're doing series one in 1998. So the, the WCW NWO set series one in, in 98. Uh, you guys Which was do, mostly sports, and the editor was Chris Holmes, I believe. Chris Holmes, no relation to the guy from Wasp. No, not at all. <laughs> um, that set had 37 autographs available in that set as well. Uh, to date, there's no official, this didn't make it into that set kind of thing. So it looks like all 37 autographs you guys presented to the talent signed it. I, I remember my office having blanks of a lot of um, um, talent. And some of them were, you know, um, the women of wrestling. Some of them were odd wrestlers or something like that, but they weren't signed, but we had piles of them still, you know, unsigned, you know. Typically, and, typically, how many would you guys, like for then, uh, typically they, they'd send them out as a, like what they call a brick. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't think that we would ask anybody to sign more than 50 to 75, if, if that, you know. Well, I can tell you for sure, definitely more than that for a lot of guys. Because yeah, yeah. I, when Mysterio had his brick, there was probably at least somewhere in the neighborhood of four to, four to 500 cards in that brick. Five to, wow. The, the brick, the brick was about, about this long. It kind of, well, yeah, no, like, and what it is, I don't think we ever expect them to sign them all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and especially when we sold, when we bought them, it wasn't like a regular, like, you know, how sketch artists get 150 a card or whatever, $3. Yeah. I think they were getting like a you know a decent amount, like five dollars an autograph or something around it. Sure. I, I don't I don't remember. It might have been three dollars an autograph. I don't remember, but um, um, but it was always such a guess of who's going to hand their cards in, and sometimes they might even put a mark in there in their autograph. It's like, well, you can't do that. You can't put a swatch sticker or you know, your wife, <laughs> yes. or your wife's name, your ex-wife's sure. name in there or something like that. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have to be, and some of them, here's the weird part. And, and for some reason, when I think about this, I think about Ric Flair, where maybe Ric Flair did send some cards, but uh, I remember they would send them and they would be ruined because when they would sign them, they must've just signed them in their hand and didn't care that the corners were being bent or they any- Stack them on top of each other, the ink hadn't, yeah. hadn't dried yet. And the other thing what Tops would do, here's another secret, Tops would do a different printer for autographs who were, weren't maybe the same caliber as we would do for the base cards, but at least they could get it done before the set came out and we can get it into the talent's hands. You know what I mean? And a lot of those, if you touch them sometimes, which we found out was that the edges would sometimes get a little white mark because for some reason, the way they did it was it was so sensitive that the layer, you know, you know, if you held if you held the card in a rough way, you will get nicks very easily, you know, and um, and that's what I hated about doing that quick thing. But it was the only way to get um, sketch cards into the talent's hands before the card set came out because most prodigious um, sketch card producers took more time than a week or two weeks you know mm. and that's what we needed once we got the okay all right we need the cards in two weeks you know what i mean so um and sometimes it wouldn't be the best quality i don't think 
not not all the time. So in 98, 99, did you have any involvement with the, those sets at all? I, the one I remember the most, and, and I did, I did have, you know, um, um, is the one that you see behind me is the one that I remember very fondly. Is the embossed set. And, um, and again, I worked with Jerry getting the autographs and stuff like that. And the embossing became almost like mapping where um, each figure had to be mapped out and which is the highest point that you want the sculptor for the figure to stick out, you know? So like if I had an arm sticking out, I would do yellow as being the highest point, red being the second highest, you know, almost like, you know, you would see a, you know, a map of showing like a height of a mountain, you know, that, you know, that sort of thing and showing the layers. So, and that's how we will work with the sculptors. And um, the funny part with this set, which is always a good story, is, do you know the Gorgeous George story at all? And I was just talking to my old boss about it and he, and, and he um, confirmed it. And- um, surprising, surprising you guys got that card out. Oh my God. And um, yeah, she's down here somewhere. But, um, but I made the most out of it because um, she had characteristics that stuck out. <laughs> and and, and, uh, we're, we're not and a, when you're and we're when you're in the uh, program here, so we can say that uh, you know her her tits were hanging out. <laughs> but when you're embossing, you're being honest to what's sticking out and what's not. You know sure. what I mean? It's like you know, it's a mountain. You're not going to lie that this is a low point just to um, to make people feel better. So like you know, her unfortunately her breasts were the most largest sticking out point out of it and i remember drawing it i'm like mm, well, this is the highest point you know coming at you you know and it came out it was a beautiful card i don't know if you remember i thought it was oh yeah it's card number 71 the base set and it was also one of the promo cards that got released as well so i was talking to my um old boss at the time who was the um the publisher you know they call him the publisher for non-sport cards you know mm -hmm. And he was saying how the sports department salesperson came in and um, was very upset at that card, very upset. Because like I said, sports originally did um, wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. So they were afraid that the conservative wrestling fans are going to think that sports are now making um sexual cards of women with their breasts sticking out yeah, this yeah. is how, this is how they consider like you know wrestling's a sport and plus look at the beautiful women and and they thought you know we have conservative um people who buy our products you know these they're talking about the retailers you sure. know and they're going to see this and think that like, you know, it's sleazy or oh, concern that uh, Walmart yeah. and won't want to carry it probably. Cause... Yeah. Yeah. That all the, all that, you know, and so we sort of got in trouble for doing that card, you know, so. Um, it seemed to go through though. It got through, it got through, but it was too late by the time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we never heard the end of that where we're like, okay, no more embossed breasts. <laughs> uh -huh. What's the process like going through from start to finish and creating that card set? Um, there's a lot of things. Um, and WWE did the, per, uh, uh, you get the images, right? And some of them are studio images. Some of them are action images on, on the stage. 
and it depends on what kind of card you're doing. Sometimes you want to do character cards um, of just introducing the character, you know, and having a studio shot is great. You could do your own background or whatever, or use their background. And, um, but uh, what was always hard is the actual event pieces. You got to blur out faces, blur out t-shirts that have logos. Yeah, They might have their ex-wife name on their neck and they don't want that anymore. And you would have to erase it. Um, I could tell you a few, who was the guy that used to have the Pepsi? Um, CM Punk? Yeah, CM Punk, we used to have to work on him all the time. Cause he would have lo logos and all types of stuff. And I remember the Undertaker, I think he had his ex-wife. Yeah, right across uh, Europe. And we, and we had to erase that. And once you publish something and then all of a sudden you get that um, request, you got to go back and it's like, can you see it? Is that really, you know? And um, it was those type of things that made it rough. And also um, a lot of them would give you um, instructions about like, hey, this person has pimples showing on their, on their stomach or on their arms, which I don't want to say what they look like, but um, they wanted us to erase them because they looked like injection shots. Sure, of, sure. Of, of some sort. Not saying that's what they were at all. But, um, but I, my I remember was, uh, dealing with comic images about that when they had a license for WWF. And I used to talk to a gentleman named Ron Ferrari, who was the editor. I kind of, I, that name brings a bell. And uh, he was the editor for that kind of stuff. And he's like, the process of doing that was like, if you have a Matt Hardy cards like that, you know, got an image, but he's wearing like Levi jeans. We got to airbrush that Levi out. Right. No, exactly. No, no. You got to erase all that type of little stuff. And sometimes when it's down to a little card, I'm like, why do you care? No one's going to see it. No one's going to like, you know. And um, and sometimes I would get in trouble from WWE and men's like, well, you know, we asked you to change this. You didn't do it. I'm like, I got the card set out. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the only one that's going to notice it. But um, but a lot of it, they didn't like um, with the women. Sometimes you would have to set up their makeup or take out any sort of love handles, not just the women, but the men, you know. Um, love handles, take out pimples, that they were always in the same places in the arms and and legs and stuff like that and um um but you know that that took time away too sometimes you would get the images quick and they're like now we got to retouch them that's going to take another two weeks or whatever and sure. so it was always that stressful and when you and it didn't matter whether you were dealing with wcw or wwe it was a very um i call it um carnival mentality where you're dealing with carnies where they're not afraid to say what's on their mind. Um, they're very vocal. They're very um, crass, you know? So I wasn't used to that in business, you know what I mean? So, but I got used to it after a while where it's like, you're in wrestling now, you know? It's yeah. like, you deal with it. You deal with it, you know? And- uh, It worked quite a bit in the 99 WCW emboss hits like that. So um, you had the regular base set from that. Then you had the double set of Chrome cards, which were pretty cool. Those were pretty cool. 
but that also introduced, in addition to autograph cards, that set introduced for the first time in the non-sport world, it introduced a swatch card. Wow. The Hogan swatch. Mm. Oh, we did a lot. I remember doing that one. That was hard. It, you know, for me- that was a, It's called the Hulk Hogan ringside rarity, what it was called. Yeah, uh, for me, doing those are so hard because when you get the actual uh, relic, you're like, we're gonna rip this up and make little, like, it killed me, it would kill me. <laughs> you know, just to show you really quick, I don't know, just- Oh, it's a heritage set. Those are heritage Here, ones. Here's some of my autograph collection. Nice. Look how thick it is. Those are all from the 2005 uh, Heritage. We got, you know, Kennedy. Yeah, the Chrome uh, Oh, Victoria, remember her, you know? Yeah. Been on the, all over the place. But, um, oh, here's a Cena one here. Yeah, someday you and I will have to talk. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you don't, Sorry, you don't need those, Jeff. I don't need those. You don't need them. I don't need them. Uh, believe me, I want to get rid of them before they get ruined or lost. Well, let's talk. Yeah. But, um, oh, here's the Hulk Hogan, uh, one of the Hulk Hogan. Uh, That's from Heritage, yeah. That's what I'm, but I, we did we did a yellow one too. I remember yeah, the well, yellow. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The yellow one. The very first one I'm talking about from WCW embossed. It was the that yellow was, one. That yeah. was the first time that a, a swatch car was ever done for a non-sport. Wow. But this is what it looks like. It, it was tough, and you know what it was. Right here. Um. Right here. Yeah. There you go. I remember that. Yeah. Very much. I remember that very much. And um, the other thing. Um, we used to do was um, we used to get uh, belt, you know, the buckles mm -hmm. at the end and use those as, um, and also mats. We did mat, mats, you know, popular, yeah. mat relics. But like, I would get it in the office and I'm like, what am I going to, this thing was the size of an army tent <laughs> and I'm in a small office and they send it to me in a huge box and I'm like, oh, this must be the mat, you know. I think I actually still have a turnbuckle somewhere. Unless someone stole it, because we couldn't use it, so yeah, I haven't kept it as a, as uh, I haven't seen a turnbuckle swatch, so uh, not from you know that time frame, anyways. But uh, yeah. yeah, those WCW sets—that was the first time that a swatch car was ever introduced. Was that Hogan, you know, ringside rarity? I remember doing it, and it's hard because what they have to do once they get the relic, they do a test to see can it fit in the card. If it's it's got to be thin enough and flexible enough for it to work, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And um, we got in trouble with Hulk Hogan later because um, we did a thing called Hollywood Zombies. Yep. And we had and we had him ripping his shirt just like he saw on yeah, his the car. That's pretty much, and we had it that he's ripping his chest open. You, you drew and a nice he, uh, 11 by uh, something piece for me of that same exact car. Oh, wow. And, um, and, um, but, you know, he didn't like that. He, well, his people didn't like that, you know. Or WCW, somebody didn't like it that represented him. So um, we couldn't use that piece ever again, or that sort of gag, you know. So it's funny when I see kids or fans drawing it, I'm like, you know. <laughs> Who originally drew that? Was that you? Uh, no. Um, 
I might have came up with the gag, you know, verbally. You drew, you drew you one know? for me, so I... I, I might have verbally came up with the gag. It's like, why don't you, you know, have this guy at the time, and also the artist that did it, I believe, because um, we did one, the original one came for a thing called Hollywood Zombies. Yes. And it was actually the same artist who did, like, the Elvis stamp, if that means anything. You know, I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. the Elvis stamp that yes. came out. And he was also a painter. So I think he got ripped off off of that. And he didn't want to get ripped off ever again. So he says, if you guys ever reprint this, I want money. I want this. I want, you know. So it, it's, it's an image that you don't see repeated often. And if it's repeated, it's done not... Um, by tops or me or anybody who who knows you know you know um the le the, the legality of it you know yeah. so um but um but i gotta say this is was one of my favorite sets to do i also love that you get to see ray mysterio without his mask yeah, and yeah. stuff and see him as a regular mexican guy and um now, and that's also, a cut sheet that's obviously it's not embossed Right. Uh, the, what, this is before it's embossed. And what they do is so then you can prove the images. And then they do the embossed, and you'll get an embossed one, you know, which I, I might have had once. And um, I don't know. That's a, that's a proof sheet. Yeah, it's a proof. It has the back, too, you know, if I could show you if you want to see. It even says, not for resale. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, nice. You know, so um, it's all on cut sheet, but the, we also would get like the embossed version so we can see what the embossed look like. But a lot of us editors, we, we would be the last to, to see this stuff. That's strange. And um, sometimes the product will come out. It'll be six months after, you know. And I would have to hear it through fans what it looked like or whatever before I got, and before I was able to send, you know, WCW, oh, here's some product for you to look at, you know. But so it was start, we were from start to finish. From start to finish, how long did the process take before I hit the streets? Oh my God. I would say, you know, the shortest is three to four months, longest is six months, I would guess, you know. Um, but three to four months is what we usually try to get to, you know. Um, solicitation, and then we'll tell them within three or four months you should see it, you know. And we would try to hit it, you know. And uh, sometimes we didn't, sometimes we did. You know? So two different types of companies you're dealing with there, WCW and WWE. What, what kind of differences was it working with those companies? WCW was like working with Barnum and Bailey. And WWE was like working with um, um, Hollywood or something. It was, it, was, it was a little bit more, but yet very tough guy, gangster type of talk. You know what I mean? Which I wasn't used to. Like, you know, I dealt with a lot of uh, studios and stuff, but you would talk to some of these guys and... Um, and they would talk to you in a very um, harsh way sometimes. Cause it, and you could tell it's nothing to you. It's just like you were just talking to someone else like this before you were talking to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm just, you know, and I'm, you know, and I'm just, uh, someone just rang my doorbell. But um, 
you know, but to me, it was a very, um, you know, WCW was more laid back and relaxed, but yet hectic. You know what I mean? WWE was more organized, but yet very um, um, harsh, I guess. Harsh and I like, like you know, more business like. Yeah, very you know, cold, cold business like. Yeah. Cold business, and I guess both of them were in a certain sense, since I didn't have to deal with WCW as much. But the fact that they let Jerry go to the locker rooms to get the contracts himself showed me uh, a different. That's a different company. When WWE is like, you don't talk to our guys. We talk to our guys. You know. It's kind of a, a part two if you want to, but I'll make sure I splice this all together. It'll look great. So, real life interferes sometimes, but uh, that's how it happens. Well, where did we leave off last time? Was it anything about um, autographs or anything like that? Did we we, we, were, we were discussing uh, that wonderful sheet behind you and the process and how that went. Uh, I, I haven't gone back to watch it where it ended just like that, but. We, we did we did pretty good when it came to the WCW stuff and uh, the names of people who were kind of responsible for getting autographs and um, the process and everything. And I think we were kind of going through the the embossed set because you had a, a good role in that. Right. Kind of the embossed set and um, um, how that process went as far as getting that set made because uh, yeah. we, we did that we did talk about the embossing and how we kind of got away with uh the gorgeous george card george thing and it got us all into trouble yeah and it's funny when uh, when i see her her base card in this she, it it looked like we took a uh a shot that was uh that that, that wasn't so you know buxom you know buxom, yeah. you know, and um so it's funny it's almost like you know we were scared it's like well, you know you know the promo card scared us you know so we're like oh maybe we should take a shot that's a little you know less um um out there but that was, pretty, that, that was a pretty popular that was a pretty popular promo card <laughs> i bet it was it was nice it was even for the blind but um um but i was looking at the set and at this time wcw had some of the best talent you know. Oh, yeah. Um, if you look at it, you got Ray Mysterio, Sting, Booker T. Um, Eddie Guerrero. Um, Goldberg. Um, you know, um, it goes on and on. Um, they had Hulk Hogan. Um, um, you know, yeah. that, you know. You had, Cur you, had you had Chris Benoit, you had Eddie Guerrero, and you had. Bret Hart. You got Bret Hart, you know. Remember Stevie Ray? That was like Booker T, you know, and um, Arn Anderson, you know, and um, you know Buck Bagwell, you know. It's you know these are like really like um, you know. Um, it was a pretty stacked roster. Yeah, and um, get back to how we got these autographs, you know, and um, and everything, um, Jerry. If it wasn't for um, Jimmy Hart, 
there was no way we um Jimmy Hart also JJ Dillon and also um Charles Robinson the um I think the um referee referee um would help him you know and like we were saying the difference between WCW and WWE was you know, you dealt with WWE to get autographs, and they would get the autographs and give it to their um, to their talent to sign. When WCW was just like, go in there and see if they'll sign them for you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that sort of thing. So then Jerry McCarrick, who we've been trying to find, you and I, yeah, um, um, was you know the guy that would go over there and got to know them and become and became friends with a lot of them i know he became really good friends with jimmy hart and um and you know and uh you know and uh, i guess he was sour about the rick flair thing you know i think because we um, talked about that where rick was probably on his way out the door with that it was kind of in sour grapes with him at the time i think i think because we talked about that yeah and um so like, you know, and I think he always wanted the autograph as well. So, I, you know, but, um, you know, so that, that, that was one that got away from him, you know. Um, and, um, but the embossing itself, you know, it took a lot of time. You, you, you pretty much have to draw over each figure and actually do different shades and layers to show how, you know, which body part you want to make sure sticks out you know what i mean but how, how does that how does that how does that process get made into a card how, how do you emboss a card like that um they actually get a sculptor and i think they you know um what i remember they have uh, for some reason you dealt with a sculptor you know and what i think what the sculptor did was you know almost pound it out almost or something like that but um, I wish I got to see how they did it. But I had to work with, you know, they say, well, we need to work with the sculptor. And you just, he needs a guide of, um, in a almost typography way of, you know, how, you know, how high you want, you know, let's say, George's George Breast to come out and which part you want to go in, kind of, you know, that sort of thing. Gotcha. And, and so they were almost color-coded or, you know, it might be yellow, and then as it gets to brown, that's the highest point. You know what I mean? That sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. I know, I know how they make an embossed stamping. I had a friend of mine that owned, a, owned a, uh, a small trading card company for himself, and he would put his logo in a, in a like a stamping, an embossed stamping on the card. Yeah. Is that similar to what they do to print those cards? It looks like it. That's what I think. I, that's why I always thought like there was a sculptor that did some kind of plate. You know what I mean? that I assumed was like, I would love to see what they look like. Just you curious know, how that, how that, that gets printed out to the machine. Yeah. And I think it just, you know, they put heat over it and it just, you know, um, and then put some pressure, you know, gotcha. And, you know, I, I think that's, um, cause I did have an, a once a, an uncut sheet and, um, of it embossed and, and you really see like, you know, it, you know, you could tell they could, you know, someone took a metal thing and pressed against it, you know. But um, I gotta say, it was uh, to me one of my uh, favorite sets to do before getting into WWE. Um, so let's talk about that a bit. So, what was the first WWE set that you guys ended up working on? That was the uh, Heritage, correct? Uh, 
Heritage. It was Heritage, yeah. Two thousand five. Um, I still got some uncut sheets of that type of stuff too. And because um, yesterday when we were talking, you pulled out the stack of cards, and a lot of it was the Heritage stuff. Then the Heritage Chrome. Let me see what I can pop up for you guys. Hold on. I know you had the uh, you had some Heritage Chrome. You had oh, that's pretty. Heritage 3. There's a Chrome one, but um, also have the Heritage 3. Yep, yep. I don't know if this, you guys can see that there. Yep. You know, um, and it has the old designs from that we took from sports, sports yes. designs. Um, I think they might have been either baseball cards or uh, Yeah, they're done. Uh, the heritage sets were designed after uh, yeah, right. designed baseball. You can really tell when you see the Diva card because that looks totally like a, um, a top baseball card. Correct. But what was great about this one was the design, you got to use two faces. You got to use I'm sorry, it started to rain. Okay. Um, you, had two, you know, you had two faces where you got a publicity shot of the wrestler, and then you had a shot of him in action behind him, which was, I thought, always cool, you know? Um, if you look at the Heritage 3 here, You definitely see the baseball cards um, easier on this because that was always a famous baseball card design. Correct, yeah. This is Heritage 3, this one. Nice. And I always like this one, the, uh, was it Alan Gitzer, you know? Oh, yeah, that was, um, what did they call that? The um, guy you think? Uh, I Alan Ginter, wasn't it? The Anthony, Alan yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. That first heritage set they uh, liked it, but it was designed after, uh, they said, the traditional pizza board style cards. I'm sorry, it started to rain. That's okay. I can't even hear it. Well, like I said, working with WWE was a lot different. There was a lot more uh, a procedure of um, that you had to go down the line to. You know, it's not like you talk directly to the wrestler, you know, or anything like that. Um, Very business we, oriented there. We would get, um, um, like, you know, I think we talked about it before. Uh, requests, you know, for them, to, you know, please take out this tattoo of my ex-wife. We're not married anymore. Um, you know, that no. sort of thing. I'm sorry I'm talking close because it's I'm in a 
glass shelter where you're probably hearing all the rain. I don't not, know. Not hearing, I'm not hearing any of it. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, for you, other than uh, working on the WWE products like that, I mean, what other properties did you work on? Say again? So what other properties did you work on besides wrestling? I, I, what other property? Oh, I worked on uh, a lot. Oh, all the way from Hannah, Montana to Garbage Pail Kids, Wacky Packages. Um, I did a lot of movie sets as well, like Spider-Man the movie, Planet of the Apes. Um, um, I did a lot of the, the bubblegum stuff that I kind of, you know, I, I, you know, some of them were weird, like like I said, like Hannah Montana, but you know, Toy Story, um, Batman, the animated series, you know, um, not very novelty, um, you know, type of items, you know. Some sometimes they would have gums, sometimes they didn't. I did The Simpsons as well. Like, um, what, like what, what do you mean? Pokemon for years. What, what do you mean? That, uh, what did you do? I was the editor. I was the editor and also art director. Gotcha. And um, and it was almost the same process as what you do these. You, you know, you you try to get the images. Um, what was hard with wrestling was getting a good writer all the time, um, someone who knew it and cared about it, because you didn't want a guy just writing. Oh, here's Booker T jumping off the thing. Yeah, you know. Uh, it, it needed to be somebody who really knew about um, the inside and out of the wrestling, the history, maybe um, the rivalries and stuff like that. So, um, Did you guys have somebody in-house do that, or do you guys hire outsiders? We actually had a proofreader who actually knew a lot about wrestling that we always depended on, because um, he knew a lot about the history. Um, I'm forgetting his name, David... Um, got who but we, de we depended on him a, a lot as far as hey are we doing this right you know is this you know um do you think this is a good lineup you know um you know and he might be like hey you're missing this person he, he would really you know you really should ha have him and and you know you know he, you know he was really up to date with them so we depended on him and like i said there was a writer in canada who um i think he wrote for wrestling magazines and stuff like that and, and had a similar thing like you may, might have had a devoted website or something. Mm -hmm. um, probably not as um, intricate as yours, you know, probably just a list, you know. Sure. And uh, Buddy didn't know his wrestling and he wrote really well. And, um, and uh, they might even still be using him as far as I know. Because um, it's really hard to find a good wrestling writer if you think about it. I guess. I mean, there's a lot of guys online now who like uh, are very, um, very knowledgeable. That the internet makes everybody knowledgeable now. Well, yeah. Back again. But back then, you know, and you know, it's also funny. Back then, you know, it took a while for people to get on the internet to find them. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. I remember it would be so hard looking for like artists for a certain thing. Now they're everywhere. You know they're what everywhere. I mean? Yeah. And I remember it was, it was still like before the internet really was in the crust where people started, like, you know, I guess maybe iPhones weren't, weren't ready yet or something where people could just take photos of their artwork and put them up, you know. That sure. sort of. And um, that's the other thing I always wanted to do. I want to always love to do like a wrestling art set, you know, where they, they're all painted 
you know. Well, you know, I, Leaf trading cards has been doing that with all the releases. They've been getting away oh, with really? uh, Leaf are doing uh, several releases over the years now, where they actually have paid artists to do drawings of the talent, which I that's guess gets a them great away, idea. Which gets them away from having to do licensing with WWE or somebody else because it's now somebody else's interpretation. That's a great idea. So they've uh, just they just released their la their latest release. Matter of fact. Um, and you know what's also sad when you look at this? To me, it wasn't that long ago. But then you see a lot of these guys now are, you know, has, you know, walking around with canes. Or you passed know? away. Uh, right. And, and, and you look at them here, they look like they're in their prime, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't that long ago, I think. Yeah. Well, maybe, well, it is, I guess it was, but I don't know. Um, but There's a long list of people on that sheet right there that are no longer with us. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know, and it's getting shorter each year. You know, of course. Uh, what what specific time frame did you work at Tops? From when to when? Um, from ninety, I would say uh, ninety seven to uh, twenty twelve, twenty eleven, something like that. I think because um, you're the one that gave me the wonderful tour of the Tops facility, you got me in there. We did a tour oh, that's right. I do remember. And, that. and you had just left the company, I think. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well. I was, still able, to give, I was still able to give tours. Yeah. <laughs> the year before, I think, is when you left. I think we toured it in 2013, I think. Right. Maybe. Well I, well, I also told them that I thought you would be a nice person um, to get to know because not only would we do autographs of people that were, you know, um, in, on, on contract, we wanted to get people that weren't on contract. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, weren't wrestling anymore you know and you know it would have been nice you know like you know we needed guys like you you know to help find them you know what i mean so yeah um, uh, you know it's too bad we never got to do it as far as we wanted to i think we were just lucky sometimes to bump into somebody sure you know but um i think rick you know like we always try to get rick flair to do something and um it's really hard for him to sign stuff you know what i mean to get him, get him to stand still and yeah. sign stuff. And um, I remember the Alan Ginter, we did these tins. Do you remember the tins? Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. They were, and they, they were embossed too. Yeah. They bought, I actually want to get, I, I don't have them. I want to get the um, the Ric Flair one. No, hopefully, I could buy them. Buy I it think somewhere. I have a, I think I have an empty, no, I have a, I have a, a full one, John Cena one uh, in storage somewhere. I think it's a lot. One of those times at uh, Colin, when Colin was working for Tops, he had sent me one of those containers. Yeah, um, I, I was always proud of them, you know. Um, I did a lot of the embossing for Tops, even when it wasn't my project or anything. But, um, you know, I remember showing it to him and how much he loved it, you know. He was so enjoyed seeing himself embossed and <laughs> that style, you know, like, you know, that old circus type of look it looked like you know it really looked like him like you know a uh, lion tamer or something like that you know yeah on a, on a tin and um and it was great when you meet rick flair he doesn't disappoint he's no, exactly he doesn't. he's exactly the person you want him to be you know? yeah I, I i have some stories i could share with you as well <laughs> yeah yeah well, maybe better than mine but yeah. like, you know, no, i doubt that but i just uh i have a I have a cool drinking story with uh him and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and myself. 
Oh, that must that must be <laughs> just happened. A matter of fact, last year. Oh wow! Um, yeah, that was pretty fun. But uh, so, what what are, what are you doing now? I I, see, I I follow you on Instagram. I, I right. see you're still doing a lot of amazing artwork. You do a lot of GPK stuff. Right. Uh, I, I, I see it, you know, fiddling around with your guitar a little bit once in a while. Yeah. The, the biggest last thing I just did, I just put in the can, as they say, is um, an R.L. Stein Garbage Pail Kids children's book. I got to, to illustrate it. And um, the cover is um, illustrated by Joe Simcoe. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, and it's written by the great R.L. Stein of Goosebumps fame. And that should be out in October, uh, maybe early August in, 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 like, like in specific areas like Target or something. It might, you know, they, they might get the earliest. Um, I think they have some sort of exclusive to get it early. Um, and I'm ready to do the next book, actually. Um, they're hopefully, we'll, you know, be ready to do that. And um, I'm also doing designing a skateboard for um, um, a skateboarding team. Um, I don't want to say the guy's name right now, but it's one of those Toby type of guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> his name Toby or, or Andy or something. Or Sean. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to that because um, I don't get to do boards too much. And um, I'm doing a Mars Attack sketch cards for my friend Adam Levine. Okay. He might have done a wrestling set here and there. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, that's what I've been doing. You know, that's that's what's you know that's what's keeping me. Busy are you still right taking now. Uh, Are you still taking commission work from people at time to time? Yeah, yeah. Because I remember <laughs> uh, it, we were because you and I met a long time ago. I think we probably met somewhere close to twenty years ago. Uh, I know it was a long time ago. I was thinking. I was thinking about it. How many states have we seen each other? <laughs> you know, quite, like quite a bit actually. I, but, and shows, I mean, you know what I mean? That's sort of funny. Thing. You're an East Coast guy, and I, I met yes. you in San Diego at the Comic Con San Diego. No, oh, that I was like. I remember that's probably where we met. Yes. San Diego. If I'm, if and then I say for every year for probably 10 straight years or plus, I, I, I'd see you there at the tops booth. A lot of times you were there doing uh, uh, sketches for people and I never bothered you about that. And then one right. year you, I wish I had it with me cause it's in storage right now. It's a little bit water damaged, but I still saved it. Um, you, it's like 11 by maybe 11 by four. It's really hard to keep, it's really hard to keep those things mint, you know? Well, it, it, the problem was the me is, the problem is I had it in the closet and what I had is a WW encyclopedia that I was getting autographed by talent and I was going to give it away as a prize for like Gen Con for a WW Raw Deal card game. And uh, I went into the closet one day and I saw the book. Look, I go, God, the book is really fat. Why is the book so fat? I looked down at it. There had been a leakage in the, in the closet and it got water on it and expanded. And it got and Wow. So it got thicker. And so I looked to the, uh, to, to the right of it, and there was the picture that I had that you had drawn for me. Now, the picture that you drew for me was of Hacked Hogan from the Hollywood Zombies. <laughs> you drew that for me. I remember me. that. I, I, I love yeah, that Yeah, well, I've I, I got to get back to drawing wrestling stuff just for fun, you know. But, um, you know, the autographs, oh, you know, um, like I said, 
pouring over here. Um, the different autographs, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I told you, you and I are going to talk. This is Lay Lay Layla. You don't know if you remember Layla. Yeah, I remember Layla, yeah. It's so... It, it's so weird. Some of these people you completely forgot, you know, you're like, oh, where are they now? But, you know, but it's a good one, Bobby, Bobby the Brain. That's a good one. You know, um, and these are the relics like we were talking about, even though this is like, this is a flash in the pan. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember his name. Let me see it. Well, I guess he's not a flash in the pan, but uh, Kurt Angle. Come on, buddy. That's one of my biggest clients. Oh, really? He's a little <laughs> guy. Guy's a gold medal winner for Christ's sake. I'm, I'm just pull, push, I'm pulling your leg. <laughs> oh, the big show. How's the big show doing? Is he still like around? Yeah, he's still around. Yeah. I think he's uh, the latest subject for Stone Cold's uh, podcast thing he's got going on. Chris Status Chavo Guerrero. Chavo's another, another client of mine. Seems like a nice guy. Super nice guy. Here's 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 a morbid one. Chris yeah. Benoit. Yep. Chris Benoit autograph. I'm telling you, I said uh, you and I need to talk sometime. If you're looking to get, move those things, I'm looking to help you out. <laughs> and here's those ring um, cards that we were talking about. Now here's the thing Where, about ring. You know, so they, like they call them. Um, they call them ring relics, right? So right. here's the thing about those. Because those pieces were so large they sent to you, the, yeah. company, the company's made so many of them. So they're pretty common. They don't trade or, or sell for very much at all. That's a great card, too. That's the first heritage set. Chief J. I like th those type of guys actually, you know, make me, you know, I get excited because that's my era, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, even getting this Bobby the Brain in sure. this type of form yeah people um, like those cards because they're on card not stickers and they're on the card itself it's not a sticker you know yeah um for some reason it became um easier to send stickers out because we could get the stickers out before we could even get the cards out yeah so, well then you and then you have the stickers for you know multiple releases if you wanted yeah different right exactly and um it, it became an economical thing here the, the sheep yep Love that. Another Heritage uh, first series. I remember this guy. I sure do. And it's so, like, you know, um, I thought those type autographs were great, even though this one's kind of messed up. See, that makes me sad. See, yeah. That was bad. Oh, yeah. And uh, well, that's Lita, though. Who cares? Yep. Oh, I know. Another, <laughs> another, another client of mine, a former client of mine. I'm only kidding. I, I try to make it. I always like Ken Kennedy, you know, even though um, the Shawn Michaels one is nice. It's a nice card too, yep. He also signed for the Heritage one. But it was funny that um, I remember WWE after a while, um, they, they had like a legends list where like, hey, we have some of these legends on, on contract. So that's why we have like Chief Jay Strongbone and all these other guys in the Sheik, because um, they were still sort of, even though they weren't wrestling, they were still under contract with WWE. Yeah, they, they call them legends contracts. 
and and so and if one, and you know and I guess also they could do toys. You know what I mean? They got to be under contract so they could do toys and and you know and other merchandise like you know trading cards. So sure. um, it was nice to know that these guys were still getting getting paid doing you know. So uh, on on the wrestling side of things again, we'll go back to the wrestling side of things before we wrap up. Um, how many how many wrestling sets did you work on for Tops? I can't. I stopped counting after a while because you know you got Heritage, and and then we went up like you just saw like Heritage three, right? Sure. Three, and then we did Chrome. You did Chrome with each one of and those. And then we started doing. Um, remember the ones with what they were reversing? I forgot what we called that one. Where we had it like um, rivalries. I think it was WWE. You rivalries. had rivalries. Uh, you also, and I think in 07, you guys did one called WWE Insider. Insider, yeah, I remember that one. So um, I would say six or seven sets, you know, that I could, you know. Okay. I would, I would think about there, you know. Um, was was were, were the were the releases always being bounced back and forth between entertainment and sports, entertainment and sports? Um, as far as who like who was doing them, no. Yeah, because it, uh, you know, um, it I became think, entertainment. It became part of entertainment. And well, sports. for a while there, I think after you left, they bounced it back to sports. Oh well, yeah, oh, okay. And that's where all the uh, once they bounced over to sports, they treated it like sports and started making a shitload of parallel versions of cards. I think you're unhappy about that word. <laughs> I think it's a lot of people are kind of unhappy. A lot of collectors uh, <laughs> don't care for parallels. Yeah, and um, you know, the way we did it, um, it was so, you know, entertainment had, I think, a little more passion and respect for it. Sure. Where um, I think sports um, looked at it more as um, you know, We'd rather be doing football or, um, or um, you know, baseball and basketball or, you know, hockey or something, you know. Sure. But not wrestling, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, you, know, uh, you know, they wanted something that had real stats, that sort of thing. You know, they're into stats and stuff yeah. like that. You know? so, uh, so, when we took it over, we, we really, I don't know if you noticed, you know, and, and here's the other thing um, about designs. If you want to talk about designs. Yeah. Time. Um, besides doing the heritage where we did um, old baseball card designs, sure. Um, we always try to make sure we try to make things um, either have bob wire. I always thought it was funny. Uh, it was like bob wire, bricks, um, um, you know, um, metal molding, you know, like I forgot what you would call it, like, you know, metal grid. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like the kind you would see on a, you know, on a ride. You Some know. kind of metallic thing on it. Yeah, you know, metallic pattern, you know, grid, like as if, you know, um, and um, and fire, you know, <laughs> well, it was always good, <laughs> you know, and fire, you know, and um, and then um, later on, like um, we um, we try to get little, like maybe sometimes techno. You know, we did a little techno stuff here and there, you know, gritting. Um, and and that's pretty much when I start, felt like I was jumping the shark as far as designs. Well, is there, was there anything in the design aspect of it, any design that you wanted to do, like you thought would be kind of cool, but they wouldn't do? 
Um, I can't think of one, but I know there was difficult ones because I remember the rivalries. That was that was hard um, to get um, constantly um, images because what we did was had the two heads uh -huh. on each corner of the card, and then in the middle is them battling. You know, so like on, on the left side of the card, you got, you know, Kurt Angle and you know, on the right side, you got whoever, Booker T or whatever. Sure. And the main image is them, you know, in battle. You sure. Know? And, but it was really hard. I remember getting the right head, you know, that would work in the corner and try to get the, a good shot that didn't interfere with the head so much or, or you know, it was just, was one of those things where I'm like, I regret this idea. <laughs> so it was I, my I'm idea. Sure you probably had, I'm sure you probably had a lot of like, um, uh, you know, bumping heads with WWE because they got to approve everything. You come up with an idea oh, yeah. and do it, and they got to approve it, and they turn around and nix it, you know? Um, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, like, we would have ideas, yeah, and that and that's true. We would have to pass it by them. And, um, and we also do these solicitation sheets, um, sheets. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. And what I liked about them, I used to make them like circus posters, you know. Um, I don't know if you remember seeing the Heritage 3 one. It was huge. I, I have it right over here, actually. Yeah, you know, and, um, uh, you know, hopefully you like them because they were, for me, they were meant to, um, for people to be, you know, to be used as a poster maybe, you know. It's like, sure. hey, let me hang this up in, in my store, you know, that sort of thing. And because um, that's who would get it was realtors, you know. Um, sure. But, um, but you know, do you know? But that's the whole job when you're doing that. You're, you're doing the, the solicitation material. You're designing the cards. You're designing the packaging. Um, you're trying to get the autographs. You know, you're trying to get the photos. There's a, pro there's a lot of process that people don't think about. You know, yeah, and the, the one, photos the need to and the photos need to be retouched. Yeah. And then you know, and then also, I think um, you need to send the finished cards to WWE to get them approved. Be like, here, you know, here's your cards, you know. And some of them would get mad and be like, hey, you didn't take this out. You didn't do this like you asked, you know, like we asked. I, I think um, I was horrible at that and following every direction they wanted, at, you know, of, of retouching sometimes. Because I was like, let's just get it out. It's so small. No one's going to know. It's, you know, that sort of thing. I had learned from uh, a contact that I had at Comic Images when they actually had the WWF license. I was told that. And I'm sure it's the same, probably, you, you know, it is that um, collectors and, and, and uh, you know, sellers of, of wrestling cards don't understand, of any cards, don't understand that the, the most money and time put in is the base sets, yeah. not the special cards, not the autograph cards, not the swatch cards, that the most time and most money spent on that particular release is done the base cards. Yeah, no, yet right. it's, yet those are half the time just given away half the time. And you also got to think sometimes, not only that, we um, it takes time to pick the images because sometimes we have choices, you know what I mean? So like, you know, you might have like three different images, you know, five to six different images of Stevie Ray, you know, and you're trying to get just that one perfect shot that you think says it all, you know, and sometimes sure. you're like, oh, let me try this, let me try that one. You know, and you're not realizing as you're doing it, like how much time you're taking and, you know, and you always feel like once you pick one, then you want to go back to the other one anyway, you know, the, yeah. for your, you know, you, so, you know, you, you move back and forth and then, um, we'll, we'll put that shot in the next release. <laughs> exactly. You know, 
but um and you know some of these shots you know would be the studio ones and those were um those were always weird because the backgrounds would be you know um kind of plain there was nothing so you kind of had to cut them out and put them in their own background and sure. i guess that's what they were meant for you know yeah. but um but it's just kind of weird to see a wrestler standing there with like you know cardboard behind him yeah you know you know and he's just standing there you know um and you you know and you as the editor and and um we had a uh um a design firm called Mata design who did a, you know who did a lot of the, um what you know what we would do is give direction We're like hey we want the cars to look like this sometimes i would draw out the, the design sometimes i would just tell them hey we want this kind of feel you know um but you know but they're the ones who actually compose the cards when it's time you know um you know put it on the computer that type of thing um um but um and they did all the sets but um the just just you know but overall the whole process in doing it is is a lot of hands and um and you know it takes time it takes a lot of time and like you said the base cards are the thing that takes the most time because of the retouching because of picking the images and because of the the, the writing you know and we were talking about the Chris Benoit. I think we did a set that he was in, and we had to pull everything out. You, you know? had to pull him out of, um, I think, the Chrome, the first Chrome one. Right, uh, right. Chrome. It was Chrome. One of the Chrome ones, you guys yanked him out. I think you replaced him with either a Boogeyman or something like that. Right, right, right. And it was, um, it was like, you know, just, I, I, you know, WWE didn't waste no time telling their, you know, licensors or licensees, sure. whatever, you know, um, you know, get the, we don't want to have no association with this guy. If there's any way you can take it off the shelves, please do. Um, and of course, going forward, do not use him, you know. That's and I it. wonder if... Um, and, you know, and we as the editors, we were in shock when that happened. Of course, we everybody's in shock about that, of course, but... It, Makes you wonder too, since at that point, when you guys got to the first Chrome set, which was a Chrome version of Heritage One, basically, um, uh, that was the last set he was in, which those were done by stickers. Right. Makes you wonder, were there any leftover stickers he signed? You guys just trashed them? Yes, yeah, no, no. I don't, I, the stickers um, was a totally different base because then it was almost like we would get the stickers and it would go directly toward the the card packers almost you know and the card packers would put the stickers on you know that sort of thing although i think it was actually maybe maybe in durier top sisters um company in durier mm -hmm. um they might have done it like there or something like that but um and and i remember hearing the backlash where we were hearing people not just on the, this set but on other sets you know i think they did it on star wars and then on some sports stuff Sure. And people say, you know, they want the, you know, they want it on the card itself, you know. Yeah. Because it seemed when the stickers seems those seems kind of impersonal, you know. Yeah, because you don't know when it got them signed either. Because sometimes you're having a guy sign, you know, thirty or ten sheets of thirty stickers per sheet. There's three hundred card, I mean, stickers right there. You're only going to put a hundred in this release and a hundred in that release, and a, you know. And the sheets would be like almost like eight and a half by 11, you know, and they'll give them a stack, you know, the sign, you know what I mean? 
I mean, then when you would see him all signed for some reason, I'm like, it doesn't look impressive, even though, you know, I know it has, still has to be put on the card, but there's something, I don't know, something weird about it. And, you know, and also the shiny part of it, kind of like, I don't know, there's something different about like, you know, you know, I kind of like papers kind of better than the, I don't, I don't know if Chrome or, um, I don't know if Chrome or Snickers is, is the best way to show off someone's autograph. Well, I mean, if you're on a Chrome card, and as you know, it, signatures don't appear well on a solid Chrome card. So right. stickers make sense on that, on that. But I don't know. I think collectors like having on-card signature way more than they like having stickers. Yeah. And you also know the guy held the card, and you kind of feel like... That's uh, exactly right. You know, their oils are still... <laughs> touching you know the card or whatever so um you kind of feel like oh you know um rick flair was holding this card now i'm holding it you know and it has his autograph you know it's you know i think that's part of the the lure of it you know absolutely but i love it what so. you need what you what, what you need to do is get jerry mccarrick if, if we could find him and I, I love. I, I started researching him this morning. I, as you know, I was sending you messages and started researching him this morning. So, having a little difficulty trying to track him down. I, I found some people from other. I was trying to track them down too, and, and I got numbers. People gave me numbers, and they weren't working. So they. Um, I'm assuming uh, he's probably, he's probably based out of New York, right? Yeah. Um. I he was in Long Island last I heard. Okay. Last yeah, I checked, so. I was still in New York. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, but like, in New York, Long Island seems like a, another place. But um, yeah, but totally a Long Islander, um, what I remember. But um, you got him; he would have all the locker room stories. I'll find him. You know, and he was good friends with um, Jimmy Hart and um, and others. You know, but um, I'll reach out. I'll reach. I'll, I'll reach out. We'll figure it but out. But it was great going down memory. Been great going down memory lane on this. It yeah. Was, um, well, I mean, I'm. We're, it was we're, fun, I'm so. It's been a long time since we saw each other. You know, before yesterday, of course. Yeah. Uh, when we started doing this uh, whole little podcasting or whatever you want to call it, YouTube channel thing, um, you know, we were one of the first people I thought of. Like, you know, I got to talk to Jeff. <laughs> Well, like, uh, you know, I, I was in the thick of it um, as far as wrestling cards for a long time, and it, and it became a part of my um, identity at Tops, you know, on the wrestling guy and stuff. And, um, and you know, and it was really hard of each set. How can you beat the next one and come up with a theme that makes sense, you know? And um, Well, several of those sets were based off of old baseball, and so I think one yeah. might have been based off a football card set, but they were designed and they were – Part of the advertisement was, you know, the classic heritage, the 1952, you know, blah, 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 baseball set, whatever. So they were always like borrowing from the sports side, but then yeah. entertainment aspect to it. I think, yeah, I think I even wanted to do like rookie cards or something like that, you know, like almost they, they, like, they did. you know, and um, I, did they do that? I well, yeah, they took um. They took. Uh, I remember I trying. Say, I remember thinking about it. So I don't know if I did it. Too. I want to say they took. Um, did who who bought the flare license? Did Tops or Upper Deck buy out flare license? Um, I think it was Upper Deck, maybe. Upper Deck got the flare license. Yeah. So it wasn't a it wasn't a flare design they took. 
but I remember Topps took a design of a baseball set from like, I want to say 87, 88, 89, somewhere in that time frame maybe, where they had a cool like little, like a little banner type thing and made a, a rookie design. They took the whole concept of baseball and made rookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Had, a, they had one for, it might have been 91, might have been 91 Tops. And they made it look like, um, like uh, you know, Future Star. Right, 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 right. Some yeah. of them were Future Star, some were rookies. I was thinking, like, you know, some of the designs we did, you know, they were getting a little technical where I was glad when I eventually got, um, um, for some reason, I didn't have to do the wrestling cards anymore. It was sort of like, a, you know, you know, it was, it, it, it was a struggle. Um, WWE doesn't mess around. They're, they're very um, harsh business um, type of people. They don't, you know, they're not like, hello, how are you? How's it going? You know, it's, it's you, know, what, you know, what do you got? Let's do this. That's not good. Go away. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't care. They're not very, you know, um, so I was always like, um, not always looking forward to, to talking to uh, some <laughs> of the people there because they were, it seemed, it seemed like they were so stressed and, 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 um, and when you called them, they were in the middle of some sort of, you know, crisis and like, <laughs> and you were in the way, and you were in the way, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. grading cards, oh my God, I don't need to be, oh, 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 oh you know, so. Like I sometimes I would regret and was like, oh my god, I gotta call WWE. <laughs> you know, um, but um, you know that's that's my experience. I'm kind of running out of stories here. I'm, I'm, well, uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely reconnect again just like that because I I want to talk to you about your autograph card there. Um, okay. Then, uh, <laughs> so but, um, um, but I did. Well, I was talking to um, someone who worked at Tops for years um, at the same time as Jerry McCarrick. And he said years later, he got, uh, uh, he met Jerry and Jerry was working at a bank um, under some other position. Sure. And, and, he, and he told him, he says, um, one of his favorite times in his life was doing those cards and working for Tops, you know? Jerry, so, Jerry said uh, that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, and I said, oh, I got to remember that to tell you. So Yeah, I got yeah, so. to find that guy. I think he has a wealth of information when it comes to those cards and there's a lot of uh, oh, he has so many backstories where I wish I could remember all of them. But like you know, he would just tell me these weird stories because he would have to follow these guys, you know, um, in and out of the locker room to get them to sign them, you know. So um, he heard a lot of things. Um, he had to do a lot of things to try to get them, you know, maybe buy him a dinner. Um, you know, and like I said, some of them wanted extra cards for their family yeah. or something like that, and. Um, so, you know, he, 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 he wheeled and dealed with them to, you know, as much as possible to get the cards. You know. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll track that guy down and get, get his stories out of him. Hopefully Maybe yeah. he, can put, uh, he can put to rest some of the rumors about those cards and stuff like that, you know? Oh yeah. He's the, definitely the one who could tell you about the Ric Flair, um, face, you know, firsthand, um, and which cards became missing. And I remember I used to have blanks of somebody for a long time. I must have threw them away. But um that's blasphemy. Uh, but we, we would we would have a lot of cards made that would never get signed. Yeah. You know? And we would throw and we would just throw them away. You know what I mean? Well then can you so. confirm it all? Did, uh, maybe you might know because a long time rumor is like 
you know, that there was an Eric Bischoff one, but he never signed. There was an Ultimate Warrior one, but he never signed. I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was. And um, I, I, I can't remember all the talent. But I mean, even someone, of, even someone mentioned... We like, made a lot of cards for, for talent that we hoped that would sign. And if we knew that we couldn't send it to, like, oh, we would get a main, we're like, well, where do we send it, you know? Or we would send it and the person would just say, you know what, I, I, I can't do it, I don't have time. And, they'll, and they would be gracious, you know, nice enough, you know, to send them back, you know? And, um, and we would have this, you know, look at this, we have all this, you know. I remember, I think we might've been Elizabeth or somebody or something like we had. Well, Elizabeth, like, I mean, I she's fine. But I mean, I remember um, there's even a, a rumor that even you guys made a card for Ted Turner. That, I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one, but the Eric Bischoff, Bischoff sounds very familiar. That's that sounds like something we would do, you know. And um, but but you know, so many cards would come back um, unsigned and just thrown to the bin, you know, um, because we couldn't use them for the next set, sure. you know, because it's a totally different design. And um, you know, so yeah, there's that's. That amazes me that that tops even do that. Concerned they can, they you know are so popular with their tops vault stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think at the time we didn't think about it like that. You know, we thought, well, who's going to want a blank, you know, card, you know, that says right. autograph on it, and there's no autograph on it. Um. So and um, like and I also said, like sometimes the cards were um, made of different material thinner material because they have to be printed quickly than the base cards sure so so um sometimes you would hear people complain how come this autograph card is so thin but the base card is you know and it's like well we you know we use these companies that can do it overnight you know yeah. and that's what we can get just to get the autographs out on time you know so makes sense but that's my story and i'm sticking to it <laughs> sticking to it man Great. Is, uh, how can uh, people follow your work right now? Um, I'm on Facebook as, you know, Jeff Zapata um, on Facebook. Um, also, I'm on Instagram on um, the um, Jeff Zapata underscore. Um, Not between. to be confused with all those other Jeff Zapatas out there. Yeah, uh, I think underscore between Jeff and Zapata or whatever. But, you know, you put my name in there, you'll bump into me. You know, you'll cool. recognize. And... Uh, if you Google, you know, Zapata tops, you'll see a bunch of stuff pop up, you know, and, you know, that sort of thing. Well, you have a lot of incredible work, man. I've always enjoyed your artwork. Oh, thank you. And uh, thank you I, I feel kind of honored that I have a piece that you gave, even though it's kind of water warped now, it's like that, but I have a piece that you made. Oh, sure. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, that's, I'm glad you got one. Um, we, we've been friends a long time. Long time. Long time. Hopefully yeah. for a lot longer, too. So what is this on? I'll be looking forward. I'll tell um, all my wrestling friends to look at your show. YouTube. On YouTube, okay. Yep. YouTube channel. I started a WTC YouTube channel, so this will be uh, episode five. When it's ready, send me the link and I'll put it on my Facebook. I, I hope to have it uh, all edited and processed, hopefully tonight. I'll I also hope people write in and, and well, at least um, put in um, responses of what we're talking about. I hope people enjoy it and love it. 
get some yeah, I think information. Like, you know, like to, know. you and me, know. we like it, and you know, but I don't know if anybody else is getting any jazz of hearing about this. Uh, Jeff, listen, for me, it's just kind of like a, it's a pleasure thing for myself. Um, you know, I've mentioned this many times before on other episodes, you know, for some personal reasons for me to get from, you know, comfortable on a camera, speak better, that kind of thing. But it's also a chance just to kind of touch up and talk about things that I'm kind of passionate about. Uh, wrestling yeah. trading cards, you know, if there wasn't, there wouldn't be a Vela cards if there wasn't for wrestling trading cards, basically. I, uh, even though I took Vela cards into a different direction, uh, it, it all started because of wrestling trading card collecting. And for me, that's what I was passionate about since 1985. So, uh, you know, I, and I let it go for a while, then you really got involved in it because when those WCW sets came out, that really, that's what really started me collecting again was the WCW sets from Tops and the WWF sets that came out in 98 from Comic Images. Uh, I've, been, I've been to stores um, and they're always like deep in farmland areas, you know, yeah, you know, and, and these weird flea markets where they yeah. like, somebody has a corner just totally dedicated to WWE memory. It's almost like a museum, really. Sure. You know, and I guess he sells some of them. But, you know, they got all the cards, they got these belts, you know, they were, you know, signed, you know, standees, you know, sure. signed and stuff like that. And, you know, but, you know, you're not, you know, so you're not the only one out there, you know, yeah. there's a lot of people, you know. Well, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a passionate collector like I used to be. I, I again, I, I stopped right around when Topps got the license for WWE stuff. Um, maybe 07 was my last time at the Insider set. I got a few sets here and there, but I really stopped devoting myself to collecting you know, stuff uh, and just became more about like archiving information about it. That's what WTC has always been about is archiving information. It's funny. Once I stopped doing the card sets, I stopped watching this, the, um, and then and a lot of things were changing at the time. I don't know sure. if you remember. Um, and, and um, so I think it was the perfect time for me to part ways with wrestling because I thought they were going to a direction with it that I didn't like anyway. You know what I mean? And, um, and I think the fans too, it was like, Oh, there was a, some getting really boring at the time. Um, well, I'm telling you the wrestling and, uh, market right now is very hot. It's very hot right now. Yeah. Uh, there are some big time players out there who've made some of those old vintage cards. Uh, we're talking in the eighties uh, and, and uh, made them very popular when you have um, <coughs> Huge big-time entrepreneur guys like Gary Vee out there talking about, you know, trading cards and wrestling cards. There's been a huge interest in wrestling trading cards lately. I mean, we're talking Hogan cards selling for twenty grand, uh, you know, things like that. I mean, cards are going for big money for those those older '80s cards. But you know, as the years go by, I anticipate some of that stuff in the '90s and the 2000s to start going, you know, for some decent money. Too. I like the '80s set. The '80s set has a. a, a, a such a cool retro look to it that's that that um fits the times you know it sure. just kind of like it's, it's well tops went back to that 85 tops went back to that 85 top set and 87 top sets and they made a retro version of that with new talent oh that must have been great yeah, yeah. so it's all right my friends so good, we'll talk again real soon i hope uh yeah 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 we will but uh Let's just say goodbye now. <laughs> we'll say goodbye to now. We'll say goodbye for now. 
Yeah. And and um, hopefully someday we'll we'll see each other again. You know, uh, I'll get back on, after the East Coast. On the mat. Huh? Well, hopefully on the wrestling mat. <laughs> yeah, not on the wrestling mat, no. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, I'll talk to you. I'll Thanks you a lot for having me. For having it, me man. Awesome. Take care. You too. Thank you.